بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم نحمده و نسلی على رسوله الكریم اما بعد we express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so in the last couple of days we've been talking about the attributes of the people who have taqwa and so the first one was that they believe in the unseen the second is that they establish salah the third is that they believe in what has been revealed to the Prophet peace be upon him the fourth is that they believe in that which has, no, I forgot one. Okay, they believe in the unseen, they establish the law, they spend of what Allah has bestowed upon them. And then fourth, they believe in the revelation sent to the Prophet, peace be upon him. And then fifth, they believe in the revelation sent to those before him. And then now, number six. So, again, pulling up the whiteboard. Somebody nod, let me know you can see the whiteboard. Excellent, very good. Elite, nice glasses, mashallah. Looking cool. Okay. So the people of they are certain of the hereafter. Okay, so first point, uh, let me complete that arrow that I started drawing the other day or yesterday and then never completed. And so in terms of the phases of life, you have the following. So in the middle here, I'm putting in the middle for just because it, it works in my brain. We have what we call dunya, aka your worldly life, which is what we are all in right now. Of course, with some of my undergrads, I wonder if where they are exactly, but in theory, this is where everybody is right now, everyone who is alive. Where are all my undergrads going? There's only there's only one here from Loyola, two here from anyway. Okay, so prior to this, you're in your mother's womb. After this, you are in the barza. So we don't really have a word for it in English, the condition of death. Okay. And then when does this period of dunya begin? It begins at the moment of your birth and when does it end at the moment of your death majority opinion is that the moment and location of your death is already established already set in stone and then prior to being in your mother's womb you're sort of in this pre-eternity state. 
sort of with Allah. So different dimension, your soul. And then at some point in the future, we will have the trumpets, which will launch the resurrection of everyone who has ever lived. And then that will begin the process of the Day of Judgment. With the result being either you go to heaven or you go to hell. And then there will be some people who will be in hell for a period of time to pay off whatever they need to pay off. And then they will go to heaven. Meaning, it seems that there's unanimity that there will be some people who are going to go from heaven to from hell to heaven, but not unanimity whether or not it applies to everyone. Although it seems like you know Satan's never going to go to heaven. So these are the basic phases of your life if you go through all the material in in the Quran and the Sunnah. Uh, so the question I received is, does uh, almost everyone go to heaven? There isn't unanimity on this, but there is unanimity that some people will. Majority, minority of the people in hell, all of those best. There's even a small opinion that hell would not exist anymore. And everyone who is in hell would cease to exist. But these are all, uh, these are all speculations. Meaning, where does everyone agree? Okay, there's definitely a day judgment. There's definitely a hell. There's definitely a heaven. And people are going to go to one or the other. And no one is going to leave heaven. But there are some people who will be taken from hell into heaven. Uh, Leith, were you about to ask a question? Uh, yeah, just a small point. Uh, where do the heights come into play? Are they part of hell or are they it, just... It, it, it seems like it's all part of the uh, the experience in the day of judgment. So okay. even I'm not really describing hell and heaven as separate from the day of judgment. It's like all of that is sort of like the last day. And and so so there are different understandings in terms of the different parts of the day of judgment. So one part that is generally agreed upon to be the beginning is you're going to wake up. And the world's going to be in this bizarro chaos that is going to be so terrifying that you're not going to care about anybody but yourself. And in some form from there, the earth is going to reform into the, the setting for the day of judgment. And people are going to start congregating near each other. How much time is there from the moment you wake up until this massive global congregation of all of humanity is it minutes or is it years all knows best right 
meaning according to our perception of time. And then in terms of the parts of the judgment, one part of the judgment is your accountability to each other, our accountability to each other. And another part of the judgment is our accountability to Allah. And then even in the part of the accountability to Allah or in the accountability to each other, um, it's kind of hard to figure out what's going to come first or second. So there's hadith narrations where, where the prophet is reported to have said that the first things that are going to be judged are killings. It's bloodshed. So, so what I'm saying is that there's this accountability we have to each other. There's the accountability we have to Allah. Are they both at the same time? Allah knows best. Are they, um, are they both, are they, uh, one after the other? Maybe or maybe just time just operates differently. And then there's a, the next part is crossing the bridge. And that seems to be the last part. But again, we're talking about a scenario in which the laws of physics and time and stuff don't apply the way they do to uh, in this world. Now the question we see is, would you please point out which part of the uh, timeline is from the Quran? The whole thing is from the Quran. Uh, everything on the screen is, is from the Quran, except we could say perhaps, I don't recall, and this is just me forgetting right now, if there's an actual mention of the trumpets regarding the, the resurrection. Everything else here is from straight from the Quran. So anything about like physical form, like our physical form will be the same uh, as when we died? We don't know, right? So, so that's one understanding. Another is that uh, we're all going to be sort of uh, the same age-ish um, in terms of physical form. All of those best. Yeah. yeah. Then we have those narrations that some people are going to be so terrified about. Uh, and there's also uh, uh, other parts of this, right? When we're all congregating, then everyone starts going to Adam al Islam for help and what to do. And he's feeling bad and saying, I can't help you. And then he refers us all to Nuh to Ibrahim, um, you know, peace be upon them, who says, okay, you got to go to the next person. Then eventually we get to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And then Prophet Muhammad does this super sajda, which seems to be a week long. And, and then he, he comes out from the sajda, and that's when the accounting is going to begin. And, and again, you know, the, how do we read these in terms of literal uh, or not? Allah knows best. Meaning a way to understand these narrations is that they're there to help us try to perceive of, of things uh, in terms of action that it should compel us to or sentiments. But I think I was mentioning the other day that when we speak of the day of judgment or when we speak of paradise, you know, gardens beneath which rivers flow is specifically speaking to, to you know, people in the desert wide-eyed virgins is speaking primarily to, to, to men, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, someone just uh, had a question and I just literally uh, turned off the question, but I forgot who asked the question. Was it she here? No, not me. Okay. Well, good to hear your voice, man. Okay. Someone had a question. Oh, Shailah. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm, I'm muted. Okay, great. Um, yeah. You got the SH, right? So, um, I had a question about the day of judgment. Is that, again, I'm not sure that it, you know, the Quran is totally clear, but I think the common, um, most common accepted idea is that this is like one, one point in time. 
and that the day of judgment is not happening for different people at different times, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Any, uh, I don't know of any major opinions, by major I mean common opinions, that it is not all happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, that if I were to draw, uh, for example, let's say this hypothetically, this line that I've drawn is, or here, let's just make it easier. Um, if we have uh, a concept through the lens of universal time, if such a thing is possible, like a clock that all of existence is based around. And so we have, here's one person's timeline, here's another person's timeline, here's another person's timeline. So this person's worldly life might be over here. This person's worldly life might be over there. This person's worldly life might be over there. But everyone's resurrection is going to be at the same point. Nevertheless, we have, uh, we have all these narrations of the prophet, peace be upon him, uh, and the night journey. Number one, you know, seeing prophets in paradise and then talking to them. And then number two, seeing at least people in, in hell getting punished. And so uh, it would be fair to assume that time doesn't apply there the way it does here. So we can really get all sci-fi about this and say that, all right, you know, someone who's died, uh, as far as they're perceiving, you know, maybe they're already started on the day of judgment, even though from my experience, it hasn't begun yet. And then when I die, I go to the day of judgment and then I see them entering the day of judgment the exact same time I do. See what I'm saying? Hopefully I explained that kind of clearly. Yeah. So, so it could be something like that. Uh, or in the case of the prophets, peace be upon them, maybe they're not bound themselves by the limits of this world the way us mere mortals are. Uh, Nether. Yeah, just a quick question on the previous screen. Um, you had these kind of events that were written in green that that uh, kind of indicate a passing from one um, period to another. Is there an event for uh, Day of Judgment to heaven and hell and between pre-eternity and mother's womb? So uh, there is so generally there's one narration that says that you enter your mother's womb uh, after three periods of 40 days, meaning after conception. Uh, that is not a universal opinion, but that is a majority opinion. Yeah. But I don't know of a term for it, but I'm sure there is because there's literally a term for everything in Arabic. I mean, Arabic vocabulary is so ginormous that I'm sure there's probably multiple terms. And then likewise for the different parts of the Day of Judgment, there's probably terminology for that as well. That's beyond me. Any other questions? Oh, sorry, chat box again. Will people who have physical limitations or disabilities like blindness in this world wake up without them on the day of judgment? Uh, as far as I understand, the majority opinion is that you will have full capability of seeing and hearing and speaking. When Allah allows you to speak, I should say. Uh, as far as the physical limitations, 
um, let's say you know you uh, have a permanently injured leg or something. Uh, if that is the case, I'm guessing it's not going to affect your experience of the Day of Judgment any different than anyone else. And this, I mean, this goes also back to the question of what form are we going to be uh, resurrected in? So for that, I'd literally have to say just that the Allah knows best. I mean, there is a, there's a funny conversation. This is the 90s between two scholars. Uh, one was an Egyptian scholar. One was, uh, was a Saudi scholar. The Saudi scholar was very much a literalist and the Saudi scholar was blind. And the Egyptian scholar was uh, sort of teasing the literalism of the blind scholar saying that, okay, there are eyes that say they're blind in this world to be blind in the next world, which means you, dear scholar, are going to be blind in this world and blind in the next world. And then the scholar's like, no, 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 that's not what it means. So you will see that type of, of conversation in play, but um, uh, in my understanding, um, literal blindness in this world is not going to be literal blindness in the next life. Uh, Shala. Okay, so um, there seems to be this idea of dichotomy in, you know, who goes to heaven, who goes to hell, that there's like this split here. Um, now, I have this idea, and, you know, it's just an idea, and I'm not sure if I read it somewhere or if it was taught to me some way. I don't know where it came from, but I have this idea. So in the Quran, it's um, there's an ayah that says, like, um, like Allah is like nurun ala nur, yeah, light upon light, right? And so I have this idea that heaven, that really there's just one, that there's actually a unifying place near Allah. And those who have sought to be near Allah in this life and please Allah, when they're near Allah, they will experience all those, you know, their perception of being, you know, in this bright light of Allah will be wonderful, right? Like rivers flowing beneath the trees, right? If you haven't prepared for that, if you rejected Allah your whole life, then um, it, will, it will feel like hell, right? It'll be like you're burning in a fire if you perceive this bright, intense light because you haven't prepared for that. You've, you know, you've rejected Allah. And then maybe there's some people that will kind of get accustomed to the light and you know, those, their hearts will soften and then those will kind of go to this heavenly state. So I have this idea, and I don't know if there's any literature on this. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible. Because, I mean, generally there's, uh, the question is, uh, in uh, the, the question that is often raised is that the depictions in the paradise, uh, how literal and how metaphorical and how limiting are they, right? And so we made the point the other day that these specific things uh, uh, that are depictions of paradise uh, are, are specifically speaking to a particular audience, but those are not the limits of paradise. And so then, so that's one point to consider. Another point to consider is that we have these narrations that say that, that what's prepared is beyond anything anyone has imagined. One bow, one bow's length of paradise, so imagine like five feet to six feet of paradise is beyond anything anyone can imagine. And so, so imagine if all of the human race got together somehow and tried to put together the most amazing depiction we could have of paradise, it still would not reach the minimum level of paradise, of what the reality is. Okay. And so then taking that a point a step further, 
if we were to translate what you've described, not from the image, but from a metaphorical lens, maybe, because we are also taught that the greatest pleasure of human existence is going to be the witnessing of a law in paradise, right? That's the greatest possible pleasure a person could have of everything. So then what do people seem to, you know, fall overall is you take all of these and put them all together as they're all different pieces of paradise. So there'll be some people for whom paradise is just literally the proximity to a law. Or for other people, it'd be palaces, you know, and there'll be some people for whom hell is distance from a law. Whereas for other people, hell is going to be these physical punishments that at the end of the day, it is something beyond uh, imagination. And, and so even the depictions that the prophet gives of what paradise is like, like in the lowest level of paradise, your home is gonna be a giant pearl that's a hundred feet high. Right. And so you can just try to imagine what, the, what, the, what that is like. So, so I say that uh, if someone is imagining paradise and they're creating something that sounds really appealing, that they should continue imagining. You know, is that I think contributes to their appreciation of beauty with the divine. So to answer your question, maybe yes. You know, the idea itself, I think, is consistent. Uh, Musab is asking, can we wish for anything and it would come true? You mean in paradise? Uh, it, so okay. So when you're in your when you're asleep in in your dreaming, uh, part of what's happening in your dream experience is the things that you want inside. Uh, that you may not even realize they're manifesting even before you formally turn them into a thought. Okay. So if you understand that, that's how a lot of paradise is going to operate. Yes. That even before you actually wish for it, when you have the inkling of the desire for it, the most minimal desire, then in some people's paradises, then bam, it's going to appear. So in Musab's case, he is, his paradise is going to be spending time with Omer Uncle. And so it just, Omer Uncle is just going to keep appearing there. <laughs> he didn't say that completely. But uh, yeah, so, so what I'm saying, Masab, is the answer would be yes, but I'm saying you may not even need to go so far as to wish for it. So, um, Omar, in the Surah Any other questions about the afterlife portion? In the Surah Waqi, Omar? Uh, uh, yeah. In the Surah Waqiyah, is uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described in a different level of, of Jannah. One yeah. of them that, you know, like you just mentioned, that, you know, you even desire and things will, if you are lay down, you're sitting, you're standing, the, the, even the fruit going to move close to you. The second level of Jannah is, you know, is that, you know, is not the same, but it says that, um, you know, the, like, the, the fruits available there, and, but not in a two different taste but one taste and doesn't does not say that you know is going to be like blink of the eye or you just desire or think about it's going to come okay so you know Good like point is. the point is that you know there is a there's a differentiation between like even for the blink of the eyes and the jannah the level of jannah in the sure. very next ayah in surah Waka, i mentioned that that you know everybody is in their jannah will be happy they're not thinking that you know their jannah is lesser than the other people Sure. But but the 
type of the jannas are different. Okay, so uh, I'm not understanding. Is that contradicting what I'm saying, or what is what is? Uh, you, know, you, you mentioned only one type of jannah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm acknowledging. I mean, okay, so so what we're taught is that if you look at all the stars in the sky, that's a way to think of the different levels of jannah. And so imagine each one of those jannas has a completely different set of rules. Actually, mentioning stars like. Uh, does it mean that the Jannah will be within the same universe, this universe, or it will be best. out of this? <laughs> Late. Uh, so my question is, like, what are the criteria for certainty in the hereafter? Are they okay. Is it... So, so any other before we get into the certainty part, any other questions uh, or, or thoughts or reflections about the Akira part? Organ donation and tissue donation part. How does that? Resurrection would be. Oh, so you're asking like if I if I have someone's kidney, will I be resurrected with their kidney or mine? Something like that. Yeah, uh, you got me. <laughs> Any other questions? Okay, on to the first part. Uh, so we spoke about the hereafter. Certainty of the hereafter. Okay, so Leith, I'm sorry to interrupt your question. What is your question? Oh no, that was uh, so. What like what are the criteria for certainty in the, in the hereafter? Is it to believe in and accept everything that we get from the Prophet and the Quran? So I said them. Okay. Um, okay, got it. Okay, so so then the question for everybody before getting into into Leith's question: Can anyone name for us anything that you are absolutely without doubt, completely certain about anything. Anyone want to? Yeah, go ahead. Death. So Shayla, you are absolutely, positively, without doubt, certain you're going to die. Beauty is agreeing with full force. Okay. All right. Anyone else? Do you all, are you all absolutely positively without doubt certain you're going to die death of the body and then, not the soul okay fine death of the body yeah, yeah. you will be definitely resurrected okay me specifically or just saying everybody i mean for me specifically okay. myself everybody else too but i'm talking about myself anyway, you yourself will Definitely, you have no doubt whatsoever be resurrected, which is why you're asking all these questions about organ donation and and, and such. Okay. Yeah. And why do I want to wake up without a kidney if you donated here? <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, so uh, so now they're saying one plus one equals two. So you're saying, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying you're as sure you're going to die as you are that one plus one equals two. Yeah. Um, I didn't say anything about my certainty in death. Oh, the, oh you're just certain that one plus one equals two. Got it, <laughs> yeah. got it. Okay, that's what you're certain of. Okay, got it, got it. Well, I mean, that's sort of what Imam al-Ghazali was looking for, right? He was looking for knowledge that is so certain that is as certain as three plus four equals seven. Right? That's, he literally used like an addition formula. Okay. Anyone else certain about anything? Here, in fact, let's start writing these things down. So... So the things that this class is certain about, certainties. So we have a whole lot Allah. of people are certain they're going to die. Yes? Allah exists. Allah is okay. real. Okay. So we have 
the law exists. One plus one equals two. Iqbal will be resurrected. We're not certain if he'll have all of his organs at the time. Okay. Malahat, you're 100% without doubt certain in the day of judgment that it's going to happen. Absolutely. No doubt whatsoever. Nope. Okay, mashallah. And you have no doubt whatsoever about the barzakh. No. Yeah, that's by this class. Mashallah. Okay. Okay, Laith, you are absolutely, positively, without doubt, certain that you were born. Yeah, I'd say the odds are pretty high. No, 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 no. Odds are not, uh, not what we're talking about here. If it's I'm, odds, then you're not certain. I am certain. I'm certain that you I You are certain. <laughs> no doubt. Okay, that's not certainty. That expression is not certainty right there. <laughs> okay, we'll say... We'll just say we're certain that neither exists. Okay. <laughs> that's Lee's brother. Okay, um... Okay, so Hania, you are certain that the earth and constellations exist without doubt whatsoever. You are 100% doubtlessly certain. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, earth, constellations. Okay. So this, this, this one thing, yeah. That uh, that uh, uh, I think the the certainty about the things which are in this world, in this universe, which we can see and could not be the same as the certainty of uh, the things which are like uh, beyond this world, like day of judgment or or uh, hell and heaven. Okay. Well, or, I mean, or, you got to talk to Malah there on the in the other part of the screen, who's absolutely certain about the day of judgment in hell and heaven. Means that that certainty is like a sort of certainty that we we haven't experienced, right? But okay. that is okay. certain, right? Okay. We haven't experienced. So we have. But this is okay. Fair enough. Okay. That so there are two through. sort of things. Okay. Yeah, got it. Uh, let's see, uh, Khuram, So Khuram, you are certain that the Big Bang happened. Yes. Even scientists unless, are certain about that one, you know. And unless uh, tomorrow is well, you, like, can't, you can't do this on a tomorrow business. <laughs> that means you're not certain. Like Big Bang is not like a very literal world, actually. Right. <laughs> it's, if you, like, it's like uh, existence of uh, you can say universe in which Okay, we, so you're, so you're basically uh, certain of the existence of the universe. So Isa, without doubt, you're absolutely positively certain that the sun exists yes no doubt whatsoever okay, okay. oh listen to Masab here mashallah check out this guy's imam you are a hundred percent certain that all the prophets existed yeah, Masab? yes now what's so interesting is that Musab didn't claim that he's certain he himself exists, but he is certain that all the prophets exist. Mosh. Okay. 
Anything else that anyone wants to share that they're absolutely without doubt certain about? No one wants to say taxes or anything like that. Anything else? Okay. Shaitan exists. You are absolutely certain that Shaitan exists. Yes. No doubt whatsoever. Iqbal is like, yeah, I've seen him with my own eyes. His name is Omar Muzaffar. Okay, so um, Balasir says, Allah sent books for guidance of humanity. That Satan exists. Satan? Exists. Okay, no, but we're asking, are you certain he exists? Okay. No, I'm, I'm asking everybody in the class where they're certain about. But so my mother is also certain that, that uh, Satan exists. Okay. Okay, so Basar, you are 100% certain that Allah sent by, uh, books for guidance of humanity. Yeah? Yes. Okay. So we're just, we'll call them Allah's books. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, one person sent me a private message. I don't know if it was in turn. Uh, okay, those are two different things. Okay, we'll talk about that too. Okay, so uh, so one person said, I'm certain that I'm tired of this brainstorming session. <laughs> uh, student, you are welcome to send that to the whole group. Okay. Uh, Hania, when you're saying science, the elements, uh, I'm not sure what that means. Um, like the periodic table and the so, elements of it. So you're, so you're basically certain that elements exist? Is that what you're saying? Yes. All right. It's the same thing as stars exist because elements came from stars. So everything is like universe related. Yeah, I think I think that's what Hania also mentioned earlier. Yeah. And we, we can probably figure out Hania is or will be a pre-med student soon. Okay. Gravity. Interesting. Okay. Time. You're certain that time exists. Oh, this, well, is it's a, a, this is a confident class. I'm impressed. I'm certain that Aftar is going to happen in the next 40. You're minutes. certain without doubt. Okay, I can say about past. I can say about past, like yesterday Aftar happened, right? You're certain it happened. Okay, Mosab is certain that aliens exist. I'm impressed. Wow. I wonder if this is because everybody's fasting or what's going on here. You know, yesterday's iftar, aliens. Those of you who are my Facebook friends, I'm always posting about the, the wonderfully interesting things that students say. You've given me plenty of material on the, this screen alone. Anya is certain that justice exists. Oh, mashallah, listen to this. Woo. Anyone else? Anything else? This is this is literally like, I feel like I would I would add like uh, justice. I, I should be uh, honored by the fact that I'm teaching people such high confidence. For example, justice uh, at the day of judgment. I would say. Okay, justice at the day of judgment. Okay, so day of judgment and justice there. Okay. Anything else? Okay. So all those of you, right? All those of you, you don't have to raise your hand right now, who said that you are absolutely certain that the day of judgment exists, is going to happen, is inevitable. Look at your actions for the past 24 hours. And are those actions illustrating that you are certain that the day of judgment is going to happen. 
And I would suggest for most people, the answer is probably not as yes, as much as we'd like to think. That if I am completely certain of the day of judgment, then my actions are going to illustrate my certainty. Unless it's somehow possible to believe or to be convinced that the day of judgment is going to happen, but just really not care. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to hell. Yeah. And so that would be a question for everyone who is who is certain of the day of judgment. And so then I would extend that potentially to everyone who is certain of death. If you look at your actions for the past 24 hours, for example, well, these are all grown adults. Whatever auntie said, I agree with her. <laughs> my, my mom was asking if, if these are all little kids, probably from the way I'm talking to everyone. <laughs> so likewise, for, for, the de uh, for death, especially if you are including the fact that the day of judgment is going to be part of your death, do your actions of the past 24 hours, I'm just saying 24 hours hypothetically, we could make it the past 10 years, but the, do your actions reveal certainty? And that's the question for you to answer for yourself. So the people of Taqwa have certainty in the day of judgment as illustrated in their actions. Now, it doesn't mean that all of their actions 100% are perfect actions. It also includes seeking forgiveness to the point of the feeling the compulsion to seek forgiveness because of the reality of the day of judgment. So Leith, does that answer your question? Yeah. So the fundamental question that I'm raising for everyone is when we're speaking of certainty, <clears throat> your actions show what you actually believe. And so, uh, whoops. Uh, so your actions will illustrate how much you believe in anything in particular. And this could apply to someone who has dreams, a common uh, uh, conversation I have with students uh, uh, who want to pursue something, let's say in the arts, you know, or as a writer or something. And I'll ask them, okay, what did you do today? How much writing did you do today or yesterday? Is the question is, is this what you actually wanna do or is this the escape that you're hiding into? And so the people of Taqwa their certainty is illustrated in their actions. And uh, let's, where does faith fit into certain certainty discussion? So here we'd be saying that, that faith is the security of its truth. So Iman would be the security in its truth. Yaqeen is, is literally whatever the maximum point would be. And so faith is on a spectrum, yeah. I mean, that is a debated point throughout the centuries. Uh, some are of the opinion, either you have faith or you don't. I mean, you either have Iman or you don't. Some are of the opinion that Iman goes up and down, which is different than a third opinion, which is that Iman gets stronger and weaker. But those second two opinions do indicate that Iman fluctuates, which you know, uh, I tend to agree with. Uh, Leith. Uh, so just to continue that point, what's is there a reason for the distinction between yu'minuna bi'ghayb? So like the, just the, having the belief in the unseen and then the certainty in the hereafter? So uh, a way to think about it would be that 
so the hereafter is in the unseen, yeah? Yes. And so, so the belief, Iman in the unseen, would be about the whole of the unseen, not necessarily getting into the contents of what is there, right? Because, I mean, you don't have to be a person of religion to still believe that there's an unseen, because all I have to do is think of what's behind this wall here, you know, you know or just mention the future, the future is unseen. And so when we're making it an element of, of a person's Iman, then we're also saying that there are things that are of value in the unseen that can be of my benefit or of my detriment. Mm -hmm. right? But then when we're specifically talking about the day of judgment, that's one element within the unseen. So that's how I, how I'd understand it. I think everybody, unless you know, I mentioned logical positivists the other day, I think except for them, everyone already has a belief in the unseen and everyone already has a certainty that there is an unseen. You know. But the vibe that we're speaking about uh, would be getting to, you know, something a little bit more about. Now there is the point that, that Dr. Malah has mentioned earlier in the, in the, the text of levels of certainty and I think Iqbal made reference to this as well. This is in, uh, which surah is it? Is it in Surah At-Takathur? Uh, where we have the certainty of the eyes and the certainty of knowledge. So we have Ilm al-Yaqeen. And then we have Ayn al-Yaqeen. So this is certainty of of knowledge, and then certainty of vision or of the eyes. So, <clears throat> so, Ainaliyatin means you actually literally have seen it. Uh, means you know it's true, right? You're absolutely certain, although you may not have seen it yet. And so the point is that all of us will reach this point of when we're actually at the day of judgment. And so that is an even higher level of certainty. Okay, and so this finishes off our discussions on the people of Taqwa. And what we already mentioned before is that what does it say about the people of Taqwa? They have guidance and they have success. So keep in mind, we've now gone through six attributes, but these are not commands. But if I'm seeking to, to, uh, to develop Taqwa, then these are six attributes that I seek to develop. Elsewhere in the Quran, there are other attributes, like they restrain themselves when they're angry, right? Uh, that's a, a common one and such, but here's one group. But what is also common among these six is that they also parallel Alif Lam Mim. We spoke about how belief in the unseen parallels Alif Lam Mim. We spoke about how establishing Salah parallels the, un, uh, the, the unseen. But also spending of what Allah has bestowed upon them. I'm giving today not knowing what Allah is going to give me tomorrow. So that parallels Alif Lam Mim, that I have limits in terms of what my knowledge of my rizq, my sustenance is going to be. 
And of course, belief in the revelation sent to the prophet, that's revelations coming from the realm of the unseen and the previous revelations are. And here, certainty of the hereafter is a certainty about something that's gonna happen in the future. So they all parallel what we were saying about Alif Lam Mim. And so what is the underlying point of the people of Taqwa? So one element we're saying of Taqwa in its essence is that you're on guard. You're always on guard. Now, on guard doesn't mean that you're keeping yourself away from people, but you're always being conscious of what you're saying or doing. You know, like sometimes when you go home, you want to completely just let go and, and do whatever. But this would be the person who, even when they're being informal and completely casual, there's still a certain degree of being completely on guard. That is not an exhausting thing. That's part of what we're doing when we're going home, right? Okay, I'm sick of being in this this particular uh, type of behavior, and I just want to let loose. It's, it's Friday, we must party. Okay. And also built into this is that theirs is an outlook of trust. You can call it trust, you can call it security, you can call it confidence. Fundamentally, in Allah. Because what we're going to see when we get into the hypocrites is that what's underlying the, the, the outlook of the hypocrites is distrust. But a point to think about, you know, to reflect upon is, is I'm not writing this on the screen, but a point to consider is that if you have trust in Allah, then you're going to have trust in a whole lot of things. If you have distrust in Allah, which is different than lack of trust or low trust, if you have distrust in Allah, you're going to have distrust in a whole lot of things. Almost as your default disposition. And so, if that is my outlook, there's a certain type of contentment that the people of Taqwa have. And understanding that these that the the people of Taqwa have. Right? We said that's what part of the success of the people of Taqwa. One of the aspects of the success of the people of Taqwa is paradise on the other side. And the other aspect is in this side, they have gratitude. And I'm even saying being able to live a life of trust is also a type of success, especially in today's world. In today's world it's like everything points towards distrust. What happens if you if you take the COVID vaccine? You're going to develop a fourth arm. Well, not a fourth arm. Any other questions or thoughts about anything at all related to taqwa? Tomorrow, inshallah, we're going to start talking about kafirs. Alrighty, we will stop right here. And uh, oh, also, uh, I received a request for some people who are catching up to be able to watch the videos. If any of you would prefer that I don't let people see the videos, uh, let me know. And that's perfectly fine by me. And if you don't care, then just don't say anything. Alrighty. Maybe these aren't going to be things that are being advertised. Alrighty. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka natubu ilaik. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka natubu ilaik. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka natubu ilaik. 
Those of you who have an iftarified, hopefully you'll have a good iftar. And hopefully Isaac's brother will wake up from his nap and be happy. Okay, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.